It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? This is your host, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today, we're going to talk about Wizards GM candidate Milton Newton and also a uh, coaching rock. Uh, some coaches were fired on the Wizards staff. Let's talk about it. You are locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you guys get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So as we've heard, of course, Troy Halliburton broke the news on our show uh, last week or two weeks ago that Milton Newton uh, that the Wizards had conversations with him to uh, take over the new GM spot. Um, also, Ava Wallace came out with a story saying that Milton Newton and Trajan Lane Donsey also doubled down and confirmed with uh, what Troy Halliburton already reported. Uh, so we're just going to talk about Milton Newton and his tenure with the Timberwolves and what he's done as the assistant GM as the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and he did spend 10 years with the Wizards under Ernie Grunfeld and with Tommy Shepard. So I know a lot of people when they hear because the whole thing is Tevion said out of house. Or, you know, out of, outside of the organization in the letter that he wrote or the PR uh, uh, writing saying that they're going to look for a new for a new GM. They, he's said he said in there somebody outside of the organization. So a lot of people think it's a red flag that Milt Newton was with the organization from 2003 to 2013. How much of a red flag do you see that is as Milt Newton as a, as a candidate? And does that really uh, make you turn away from Milt Newton as, as a candidate? Wow, I mean that's a good question, man. Because yeah, you're gonna, it's gonna there's gonna be red flags to throw up because he was on you know he was underneath the underground field. Tommy Tommy was there, so obviously they're the last two gems that didn't work out. So um, definitely red flags, especially if you look at Tommy Shepard was underneath the underground field and he was you know easy choice for Ted Leonsis to kind of promote from within. So yeah, it's definitely red flags to me, but. Um, it's kind of mixed results. Like I said, we're gonna go over you know the draft and um transactions he's made, but mixed bag as far as you know moves he's made. Um, he does have local ties, you know. So I think I think he is more of a realistic goal for this franchise, honestly, between him and Trajan Langdon. I don't see us getting Bob Myers, I just don't see it happening. I don't see Uziri coming out of Toronto. I think Tim Connolly stays in Minnesota. I think realistically it comes down to these two guys, which is Trajan Langdon and Milt Newton, man. So Milt Newton. I mean, like I said, we're gonna get into it, but red flags, yes. But a part of me doesn't want to judge him on that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I get it, and I, I get what people are gonna say. I get it. I totally get it. You know, obviously, again, he worked underneath Ernie and Tommy, but a part of me wants to give him a chance. I mean, 
because like you said, we only got two options. I, I don't not see a big candidate coming here. I just don't see it. I never really did. I know you always want to shoot high, but <laughs> again, you know, just like you know, one time we thought Aaron Rodgers going to go to the Commanders. You got to shoot high, you know. <laughs> but um, I don't. I never saw it really happen, man. So I think that if I'm gonna put money down on it, he's gonna get the job. I, I, I'm not. I don't know. Not 100. I'm about 75, 25 that he's gonna be the candidate. Now, I think that Trajan Langdon does have a chance, and I think he deserves a chance because we went over his track record, and he's done pretty well when it comes to trading. Now, drafting is, is another question, same questions we had with Tommy. But red flags, yes, but I would entertain it because I think that it comes down to two. So out of the two candidates, I'm cool with either one because I know that's pretty much our best chance. So, Yeah, actually, I don't have a problem, Bill Newton, and, and I know everybody has a red flag because he, he was with Ernie, kind of like how Tommy Shepard learned under Ernie or was you know under him for more than 10 years. I don't have a problem with it because, you know, he was with different organizations. He, he was a GM with the Timber, for the Timberwolves, uh, and he was with a winning organization as an assistant GM with the Bucks. So you would think that that has rubbed off on him. You know, they they made big moves. They made a huge move for Drew Holiday. Um, they signed Bobby Portis. They made a move for Brooke Lopez. They signed P.J. Tucker. That championship team, I thought that was a really good roster. Yes, there were a couple injuries here and there that kind of helped the Bucks get there but you know they beat a Nets team the Nets you know, Kyrie Irving was hurt James Harden was hurt um, but they had to step up and win those games and I thought they made a huge move after losing in the bubble against the Heat they were like hey we got to make some moves to help Giannis out Chris Middleton was a good find for the Bucks too so that Bucks organization they've done a heck of a job building around Giannis um, and they're they're a cutthroat organization too man they just fired uh, Mike Budenholzer who we you know who has been a heck of a coach has, you know, had one has one coach of the year, had a 50, 61 season with the Hawks, uh, just won a championship in 2021 and they fire him to, in the next two years. And we're looking at us and we're keeping guys around uh, that have had losing records as head coaches. So, um, you know, I, I personally, I don't, I don't, I get why people are concerned about him being a candidate because they just want somebody fresh. They don't want any ties to Ernie or Tommy at all. I get that. But I would give Milt a chance just off the simple fact of being under a championship and a winning organization, uh, a team that has been able to find gems, uh, an organization that has been able to find gems that aren't just, you know, the top five or top five pick or a lottery pick. So they've been doing a really good job of that. And they, they have an identity, of course, over there. They have an MVP candidate. And they've done a, a superb job, I feel like, building around Giannis. And they're not scared to make changes. And like I said, with Mike Budenholzer, they, they, they're not scared to – uh, make a change if they don't like something. Oh, they definitely don't mind making a change because, like you said, Bud's out of there and he hadn't had a losing record. So, you know, they definitely have a high standard. I, I'll say that. They have a high standard. Um, So, yeah, like, like you said, I understand the red flags. I get it why people would be skeptical. But here's the thing. When, when it comes to – and it, we hear small market a lot with the Wizards. And, and reality is not a small market. You know, the DMV, the D.C., Berlin, Virginia area is a major market. But the fact of the matter is when we – when we mean small market, it's kind of a small market mind frame with the Wizards. And so the fact that he has worked with small markets like Minneapolis and Milwaukee and have been very, you know, have been part of, you know, look, even though he's not the GM over there in Milwaukee, he was in the room. So he was there when the process was happening. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing of looking at Kyle Kuzma with his championship pedigree. You know, was he a starter? Was he a major guy in the, in, with the Lakers? I'm going to say no, role guy, but 
some of that pedigree rubs off. You know, he was on the court when it happened. So, you know, he was in he was in the room when a lot of these moves happened. So you best believe he, you know, a lot of good things have rubbed off on him. So I, I would not be mad. Um, I will be honest, I do lean towards Trajan Langton, just the fact that it would be a breath of fresh air for this organization just because there's no ties. But then again, like you said, E, give him a chance. If he gets hired, give him a chance, you know, fill him out. Because at the end of the day, you know, we want whoever the GM is, we want him to be successful. And at the end of the day, we want Wes to be successful. It's, it's, you know, it's just that at the end of the day, we just want wins. So give him a chance because, in my opinion, I think those are the only two candidates that really have a chance for this job. I think Bob Myers is a thousand miles away from here <laughs> from except this job. And same thing with Uziri. No reason to leave Toronto, man. And the same thing with Conley. There's really no reason to leave Minnesota. He's already got that multi-year deal. He's solidified. He's submitted to the job. So I think it comes down to these two. And Newton comes in, I'm going to support him. And I, I really don't have an issue with it. Just give him a chance. But again, chances in D.C., man, they need to be a three-year chance because, you know, we need to see results. So that's my thing. You know, with any kind of moves for this organization, my my comment is this. I want to see results. You know, same, you know especially going forward to solid three, good and well. Cool. I want to see results. So he comes in, you know, I expect him to get to work and really try to find a gym in his, in his draft, man, because this is a deep draft, man. So. Yeah. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, I never thought he was coming to the commanders, but that is a good comparison. Bob Myers. I do think there's somewhat of a chance, but it, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know because I didn't think the commanders were going to get Eric Bieniemy. They ended up getting him. That was a good get. So you just never know, but I wouldn't hang my hat on that. I do think there's more chances that end up they end up with Trajan Langdon or um, or Milt Newton from the Bucks. I think those are more realistic options. Like you said, Tim Connolly, he just got with the Timberwolves. He just left the Nuggets what, less than three years ago. So I, I don't see him leaving them that quickly. Um, and then Masai Ujiri, you know, he's got he basically has the keys to the city in Toronto. He just won a championship and they were quiet Leonard not too long ago. So I don't see him leaving there. Uh, either we already tried that a couple years ago trying to lure Masai Ujiri, so I don't think that is going to happen either. So I think the most realistic probably is the two guys that we've heard so far, unless somebody, unless they interview some more guys. But uh, we're going to get to uh, more of Milt Newton's ten- tenure as the general manager of the Timberwolves, look at some of his draft picks and a couple of trades that he made and uh, grade them and compare them a little bit maybe to how Tommy Shepard did with the Wizards. But before we do get to that, today's episode is brought to you by game time looking for dc defenders tickets or the xfl championship i use game time all the time for defenders tickets defenders tickets have been packed but using the game time app makes it so easy to get dc defenders tickets Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have Flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They show images of your seat views on the app and lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Forget planning months months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same selection and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. 
Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so Mill Newton was hired by the Minnesota Timberwolves as the general manager in uh, September 2013. Now, the first real move that he made really was the draft. Uh, he hired uh, Flip Saunders as the head coach. Uh, rest in peace. Of course, Flip was uh, with the Wizards as well, so they had ties there and history there. Uh, now, they drafted Zach Levine in the 2014 draft, uh, and I like that move a lot. That was a good pick, and I, they really found a gem in the late in the in the later in the the later half of the lottery, which the Wizards have really really struggled to do. So that draft, the 2013 draft, uh, I'm sorry, the 2014 draft, the first pick of the draft was Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Joel B was the third pick, Marcus Smart was sixth, Julius Randle was seventh. Uh, Al- Alfred Payton went 10th, Doug McDermott went 11th, Dario Saris went 12th, Zach, Le- Zach Levine went 13th, TJ Warren went 14th, Adrian Payne was 15th, Yusuf Nurkic uh, was 16th, James Young out of Boston was 17th, Tyler Ennis was 18th, Gary Harris 19th, Bruno Caboclo was 20th. So um, they definitely could have went with some other options, and Zach Levine has been an all-star. He's been a great player, so I think that's a great pick. So what would you grade that pick being the 13th pick at the 2014 draft? Oh, 13th pick? Bro, that's an A. Easy. Right. I mean, Zach Levine is money. I mean, he's a scorer. You know, once they took him out of point guard and made him shooting guard, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. That's an A, man, because he's been electrifying. You know, Minnesota really found his own in Chicago. Yeah, that's easy. A. Right. Yeah, I wish we could. Yeah, because we struggled with the ninth and the 10th pick of the draft. You know, we, we, we struggled with know, right? home runs. And they, uh, uh, Milt Newton certainly hit a home run. Uh, with that draft pick in the 2014 draft. So uh, the 2014 and 2015, the really the big move that he made, of course, was trading Kevin Love. Kevin Love wanted out. He wanted to play with LeBron. Uh, kind of same thing with Trajan Langdon. Anthony Davis wanted to play with LeBron, so they had to send him to the Lakers, and they got a haul back. Uh, so I thought I thought they made a good trade for Kevin. Get, uh, I thought they made a trade, good trade trading Kevin Love to the Cavs. They ended up with uh, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, they got Anthony Bennett, of course, who they eventually waived. Um, they got a projected uh, 2015 first-round pick as well from that trade. So uh, what did you think about the trade? I mean, they had no choice. They had to trade Kevin Love because, once again, when somebody wants to play with LeBron and LeBron recruits you, it's like you just you have no choice. Look, when the unofficial commissioner says he wants somebody, <laughs> he's going <laughs> to get him. <laughs> um, I mean, like you said, they had to get off the contract and send him to Cleveland, man. So I thought it was a good move. Now, Anthony Bennett. You know, I, I thought they were trying to work with him. It's just that's probably one of the worst first round, round number ones ever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about Kwame, man. I want to throw no shade on Kwame, but <laughs> you know, but I, I mean, all in all, Anthony Wiggins is really, you know, 
he developed in Minnesota. So he, he really turned into a scorer. He found his own in Golden State. I could get that. But, and it was chemistry issues, but that's a whole other conversation. But as far as a pick or the, the trade, oh, it's solid. You know, Anthony Wiggins came in here and he, he put in some good years in Minnesota. So. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. I keep saying Anthony, man. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Wiggins, man. You know, he came into Minnesota and he played well. So, and I know there was a drama with Jimmy Butler and, you know, but all that aside, I think that it was a solid pickup getting rid of uh, Kevin Love. Right. And they ended up getting Thaddeus Young. This It was a three-team trade with the Sixers around the ball as well. Now, the, oh. record, the record that year for them, 2014, the 2014-15 record for them was 16-66. and 16-66. and 66. That's how they ended up getting the first week of the draft. They got Carl Anthony's house. So, I mean, we both will probably agree that, A, because that draft, a lot of people like Jalil Okafor coming out of Duke. A lot of people like D'Angelo Russell with uh, with the Lakers as the second pick of the draft. D'Angelo Russell's been a fine player. Porzingis was the fourth pick of the draft, so they really could have they could have drafted Porzingis first. There was a lot of hype for Porzingis coming out, but of course, I think 100 percent people knew that Carl Anthony Towns was going to be the first pick of the draft. Well, the hype must have missed Madison Square Garden, man, because I remember when they drafted him, he got they booed. booed him. Yeah, that is true. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> they booed him out of there, man. So I know they regret that now. But um, Cat again, that's no brainer in that draft, man. I mean, I. I could have told you Jaleel Alcafor wasn't going to be anything on the defensive end coming mm-hmm. in the NBA, man. He was a purely offensive guy at Duke. And even if you look at Duke, man, he they people destroyed him. On You know, they did whatever he wanted with him. So, you know, Jaleel Alcafor, I, I never understood anybody thinking that he was going to be number one because he wasn't going to have – D'Angelo Russell was intriguing uh, coming out of um, Ohio State. But, yeah, again, Cat is pretty much no-brainer, man. Right, but I was going to say this real quick, man. My bad, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, but that is young. That's why I said, "Ooh," because that is young, man. That he's probably one of the most under the radar, hard workers, defensive guys, glue guys in the NBA, man. I'm like everywhere he's been, he's been that glue veteran guy. So that's the good pickup for him, in Minnesota. Right, and they also, they also drafted Tyus Jones, Jones in the second round, which is a, this is a pretty good pick. I mean, Tyus Jones has been a really good backup point guard. Yeah, um, he's he's ended up being a really good backup point guard for uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies behind John Morant. So he's he's been a good pick. Actually, let me confirm that. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Tyus Jones was the tw- he was in the first round. I'm sorry, the 24th pick of the draft. So they ended up getting Tyus Jones as well, who's who's been a solid backup. Not a not a starter, but a really good backup. He's he's come in and played starting minutes for the Memphis Grizzlies at times when John Morant has been injured. Um, and then the 2015 season, they signed Kevin Garnett. Of course, Kevin Garnett, it was kind of like a thing where you, um, you sign him to mentor Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, so he was there for a little bit. Um, and then that was really his last season there. Uh, Tom Thibodeau came in, and they went in a different direction. So, um, And then Tom Thibodeau went and drafted uh, Chris Dunn with the fifth, fifth pick of the draft. And I like Chris Dunn, but, you know, of course, unfortunately, Chris Dunn just has not. He hasn't. He never hit his potential that he, he was supposed to. Yeah, that was a wild draft because I believe that was when they drafted him and um, Rubio before mm-hmm. Rubio came over from Spain, man. So they took a couple of point guards. But I think overall, man, you know, he he's got value out of late round picks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he's got decent value. Like you said, Tyus Jones. So he's got some value out of late round picks, which is what we're expecting in D.C. You know, because if we're going to be competitive, you know, we're looking for late round picks. So we need somebody going to be able to find diamonds in a rough for late round or so. They right. did a pretty yeah. good job. Yeah, I, I like it. I like his picks. I think he did a good job with with the draft, especially hitting Zach Levine at pick thirteen. Like I said before, we struggled to uh, find guys that you know we we find solid guys, 
But the fact that he was able to hit a home run with Zach Levine is is very intriguing. So all the people who are who are naysayers about uh, Milt Newton, maybe this might have opened your eyes a little bit more. So, um, but all right, let's move on to the uh, coaching moves. A couple guys that uh, were let go. But before we do that, we get a we have a, a quick word from Brandon. Yes, sir. It's a nice episode. Is brought to you by Prize Picks. So you're asking yourself, how does it work? Well, you pick two to six players. If they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. That's right. Let me repeat. 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. This includes the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL, PGA Golf, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, the WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter. Promo code locked on to sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And I know I rode with him tonight, and I think the two picks for me tonight was over 20 for Julius Randle and over 20 for, was it, Jay, um, Brunson. So it's looking pretty good at this point. So The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. Yeah, I said the Heat are winning 75 to 71. Uh, you said you bet on Brunson. Brunson's yeah, he's got 17. He's doing pretty well right now. Jimmy Butler's got 18 points uh, right now, so he's he's starting to pick it up. Um, but all right, let's get into the last part. So the Wizards made some moves here. They uh, this was reported by Josh Robbins and Fred Katz that Vlex sources this week the Wizards let go assistant coach last director of player development Alex McLean and assistant coach for analytics Dean Oliver. McLean had been with the team for six years. Oliver had been with the team for four years. Uh, McLean just completed his second season as assistant coach slash direct of, director of player development. Oliver, the author of the book Basketball on Paper, is widely regarded as an innovator in the field of basketball uh, analytics. Uh, also, Ava Wallace, she wrote in her story as well um, that they will not be returning according to multiple sources. These moves ind- indicate that Coach West Unsell Jr. will have more power. So Ramona Shelburne last week just said that West Unsell Jr., is going to have a say in hiring the GM. Now, Abel Wallace is saying that now this indicates that Wes Unsell Jr. will have more power. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I'll say this real quick, too. I do think – and it's funny because that this news came out the night after Rui had 20 points for the Lakers. And um, I might have heard that they fired these guys last week, but they just announced it really this week or three days ago. Um, but, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on it. And just Wes Unsell Jr. starting to get more, even more power. Uh, per more uh, media members. Well, it tells me two things, man. Number one, Taylor says sees that he needs to get more value out of his draft picks. You know, you look at you know what we have. Yeah, we have good role guys. You know, I, I like what Kispert has done. 
You know, Denny, you know, he's shot away from being a really good basketball player. And, of course, Rui, you know, he, he's went on to L.A. and he's doing well in the playoffs, man. He's he helping him – might help him win a championship. Things, you know, are looking. But, you know, he, he notices that you have to hit on draft picks. You know, you cannot continue, especially if you look at the draft. But I think the biggest um, move that really made him think about it was Tyrese Halliburton. You know, you miss on Tyrese Halliburton, especially when you had him in your hands to the point where you called him and said, look, you're going to be a wizard. I mean, that, that has to hurt, especially when he's an all-star. So, you know, I think that had a lot to do with it. And two, uh, I'll say this, you know, more powerful Wes. Um, I think it was famous when we did the, the interview with Chris Miller, where I was a guy that always got on Wes about not being vocal enough. You know, I, I felt like he wasn't really digging in the players the way he should. And, you know, from what Chris Miller said, you know, he is – Curse him up, curse him out a few times. You know, he's tough. So a little more power. Okay. I, I okay, I'm cool with that. But he look, more power comes more responsibility. And that means the microscope is gonna be on you more. He's got to make that step from year two to year three. And really, he's got to improve, man. Because more responsibility. Look, I mean, you saw with Tommy. Look, he got the you, you know, he went from GM to became uh president of basketball operations. More responsibility means more scrutiny. So you, you lose your job that quicker. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem with the move, but in the same token, that's another reason why he needs to step it up this season. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. He's getting a lot a lot more power, it seems like. Like, I get it. He has a say and, and uh, you know, and, and getting the new GM, of, you know, some interviews, like if they don't get along, if he sits in with Bob Myers and they don't have the same vision, it's kind of like, Ted, would you pick Bob Myers over Wes? If they really didn't see eye to eye, personally, I'd be like, okay, yeah, we, we may have to go with Bob Myers <laughs> and Wes. Um, so, but Wes and Milton Newton, of course, they work together too, so they may have a good relationship as well. So that may give that may give Milton Newton the edge over everybody else. As Milton Newton worked with Wes while he was with the Wizards in the in the years of 2003 to 2013. Um, so, I mean, that's interesting there. And then giving Wes the autonomy and the power to fire guys, if he's the one that really made the decision that he wanted to let go of Dean Oliver and Alex McClain. Now, these guys are one one guy, Alex McClain, was the developmental coach. Um, you know, and that's why I brought up Ruiz because, you know, you see guys leave and they get better with other teams where they making Dean Oliver the scapegoat for that because you you, you see why, why wasn't Rui doing this here in D.C.? And, and Rui was doing it. Rui had 30 points in the game right before he got traded. So, um, you know, what's the real reason for these moves being made? But, um, yeah, like you said, man, Wes has to step up. Like you said, with more power or more money, more problems, more power is, is more responsibilities and, and more scrutiny. So um, is he going to have that commanding voice over the locker room? He's going to make better decisions. You know, he's on the hot seat too. This is a lame duck season for him or or he made the best out of it and, and this team doesn't make the playoffs. But he was the guy that, you know, was the coach of, 15 or more uh, uh, or, or led the league in, in blown leads of 15 plus points or more. Um, the terror getting blown out at home by the Nets by 30 or more. That was historical, historically bad. The 35 point loss of, uh, lead that we lost to the Clippers. That was historically bad. Giving up hundred points in the paint to the Nuggets. That was historically bad. So there's so many times where he's rest West has been on the wrong side of history. So, I mean, this is a put up year for him, man. If he's getting more power then he's got to show up as a coach and these late game decision-making, and he's got to drop some other plays and just give the ball to Brad and tell everybody to get out the way. Yeah, that, that's another great point. You know, he's got to change the philosophy, you know, especially if you are retaining KP and Kuzma. You've got to get more responsibility to Kuzma and KP. And we both said it that last year when the offense flowed through KP or Kuzma, 
it was a lot more fluidity in it. So ball movement was better. So yeah, he has to change some things. You know, I think a lot, I, I think it really behooves his organization to get together, and really talk and really talk about who roles and jobs and how to go forward. Because I think there's a lot of, you know, especially when it comes to Telion says, Wes Unsell, the new general manager and Bradley Bill, the four of those guys need to get together and talk and talk about who's going to do what, you know, Bradley Bill has to step out of GM's office. He's got to go back to the locker room, you know, focus on being a scorer, you know, get a point guard in here and go from there. You know, I don't want to see him involved with moves. No, no. I, I think everybody, I think the best course going forward is everybody doing their job and doing it with a little, somewhat a level of autonomy. Let the coach be the coach. GM, you, you find the personnel. Brad, you do your thing. And Ted, just try to get people in the seats. But, you know, I think the problems with this organization is that, you know, you people are kind of ebbing in other people's offices. You know, let people do their job. And I, I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, the problems with when you had issues in the locker room when it was Trez or, you know, the multiple players, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, I hate to say his name. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's been issues because nobody knows where the role is. You know, you got Bradley Bill. You know, so I think that, that would be the best course for Wes and his organization going forward uh, this offseason, man, is to get together and really define roles. Say, look, Brad, you do your thing, you know, and, that, and that's my humble opinion. I think that – but, again, Wes, he's not the only guy on, on, on the microscope. Yeah, I mean, with, with more responsibility, yes, he is definitely on the hot seat. He's got to perform because, look, man, you don't make the playoffs this next year, I'm just saying. <laughs> so he's got to step it up, but he's not the only one. I'm thinking from an organizational standpoint, a lot of people in the hot seat, especially if you retain the solid three, because you're saying that, look, this is our core going forward. So coaching wise, he's got to be on point and he's got to really take that jump from year two to year three. Right. Yeah. And everybody in the presser said we got to push the pace. Monte Morris said it. Multiple guys said that we got to push the pace. And uh, Weston Jr. typically is a is a slow, methodical guy that wants to slow it down. But everybody wants to push the pace and they're better when they're better running. They're athletic. They have some athletes. Brad is athletic. Porzingis can move. Kuz is athletic. He wants to run. Denny wants to get the ball and push. So can he make that adjustment next year? And and so so we'll see. It's a big year for him, a big offseason. So we just want to thank you guys for making Locked on Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to get back to grading players, and we'll probably talk a little bit about Scott Perry as a GM candidate as well. I just want to thank you guys, want to thank you guys for listening. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.